he went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked? Good morning, everyone. Uh, that text has several things in it that uh, are important to us. First of all, Jesus was reading from the Old Testament. He was reading the book of Isaiah. And the people were hearing what he was saying. And then he made it personal. He said, this day is this text, this prophecy fulfilled in your ears. And then it says the people were surprised. They're astonished, basically. As a matter of fact, in a couple of other texts, later on in Luke chapter 4, verse 32, it does say that. It says they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. Now that's stated in two more texts regarding this incident when he was talking to the people in Nazareth. We learn things from a series of different ways. We learn things by instruction, reading, basically, gaining information from, from books, for instance, and that's what was going on with them. And then we learn things by experience. Experience is one of the toughest teachers we have because when we get the experience, it's usually a bad one, and it teaches us not to do that again or to do something different. Or we sometimes learn by watching somebody else, seeing what happens to them. That's the, that's the best type of experience, I think, is seeing somebody else experience something and saying, well, I'll never do that myself. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be sure and avoid that. The life of Jesus, while he was here, was magnified by the things he was doing and the things he was saying. Two things. We sometimes become overwhelmed, and they were at some times. They were overwhelmed by what Jesus was performing, some of the miracles that he was performing, and how that uh, he was gracious to their problems, sympathetic with their illnesses and their, their uh, handicaps. And so we read in Matthew chapter 15, verse 29 through 31, that Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee. This is just another instance. Went up into a mountain and sat down there, and great multitudes came unto him. People were impressed with our Savior. That's their experience. This is the story. We're seeing it. We're reading about it. Okay. What was going on was that they, they were overwhelmed by the presence of Jesus and what he was doing and what he was saying. Okay? Now we can't be party to what he was doing. 
But we can hear what he was saying. But anyway, let's read on. It says, Great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them inasmuch that the, as the multitude wandered. These were caregivers. I've mentioned this before. When I first read these accounts, when I first began thinking about the things of God and, and Jesus, when I first read these accounts, I thought, well, that's, that's wonderful that these people came to him to be healed. Basically, these people were brought to him to be healed. These people were carried to him to be healed. The people that were bringing them were sympathetic individuals who were overwhelmed by the burden they had in taking care of the sick folks. That, you know, that's one of the main issues today in, uh, in our society, and that is how do you take care of the caregivers? Well, the basic way you take care of the caregivers is to heal the sick, take care of those that are sick and maimed and, and blind and, and lame and so forth. Now, in Luke chapter 4, verse 33 through 36, these words are written. This is part of what we were reading a while ago. In the synagogue there was a man which had a spirit of an unclean devil, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold your peace. Come out of him. When the devil had thrown him in the midst, he came out of him, and he heard him not. And they were all amazed. Listen carefully what I'm going to say. Listen carefully what the text says. They were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word. They didn't say what a deed. They said, What a word. What a word. With power. Listen to this. For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits, and they came out. What a word. These occasions gave rise to the charges that Jesus was working with Beelzebub. Matthew 12, verse 24, that's when the charge was made. He's casting out demons by Beelzebub. The fact that Jesus did cast out the demons with his word was never challenged. It was happening. They were just trying to shift the blame and say, it's coming from, from the devil and not from Jesus. Now, there are several instances of Jesus healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. However, the records given to us in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John emphasize these astonishing events, but more so, they emphasize the cause of these events. The cause. The emphasis on the authority and power of of his word. They were saying, they were crying out, what a word this is. What Jesus was saying. 
not so much what he was doing, what he was saying. Okay. It's important to realize that Jesus had the power to perform signs and wonders. We know that. And when the first gospel sermon was preached after his resurrection, he was resurrected 40 days later, he went back to heaven, and then the disciples went into the city of Jerusalem, stayed there, and they waited for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And when the promise of the Holy Spirit came, then they got up and began to speak with other languages, and the people were amazed. Then Peter stood up with them, and he preached. And he said at verse 22 in Acts 2, he said, You men of Israel, hear these words. Hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, the man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders of signs and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as you yourselves also know. Listen to what Peter was saying. He's saying, hear these words. That was his emphasis. Don't see these signs. Watch these wonders. Hear these words. Hear these words. This is the theme of the gospel of Christ. This is the theme of the New Testament. Hear these words. Hear them. Matthew 7, 24. Jesus was going to set forth a parable, sort of, or an illustration. He's, he's talking about the wise man that built his house on the rock. The foolish man built his house on the sand. And here's what Jesus said. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him a wise man which built his house upon the rock. He said, Hear, he that hears these words... The prophets that God, or the prophet that God was going to send Israel, that Moses talked about in Deuteronomy chapter 18, said that very same thing. Notice, Deuteronomy 18:15. The Lord your God will raise up unto you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear. Got to hear him. He's got something to say to you. That's the emphasis. That's the emphasis. And it's running throughout the four Gospels. It's a common thread expressed by this. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Over and over and over in the New Testament. As Jesus is talking, for instance, Matthew eleven fifteen, John the Baptist had sent his disciples to Jesus. And they were asking, are you the one that should come? Should we look for another? And Jesus said, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. That's, that was Jesus' response to it. Listen up. Hear. In Matthew 13, verse 9, as Jesus was setting forth the parables of the sower and the seed and so forth and the, and the pearl of great price and the treasure hidden in the field and so forth, he ended these with, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Listen to that story. Listen to what I'm saying. Open your ears. Mark 6, 7, 16 says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. When Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him up onto a high mountain, you remember Matthew chapter 17? And a great, well, Peter, and James, and John went to sleep to start with. They fell asleep. They were tired. And when they woke up, there was a great cloud that overshadowed them, a great brilliant cloud full of light. And out of that cloud, a voice came. You know what the voice said? 
This is my beloved son. Hear you him. Listen to him. Listen to him. There's a continuum in this advice. It's there. It's in the New Testament. A continuum. Bonk, bonk, bonk. Or here, this way, this is the way it goes. It goes up. What the continuum starts down here and goes clear up to heaven. And it starts, well, let's start up here and come down. Let's see where it is. Okay. John 6, verse 44 and 45. Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. I will raise him up the last day. It's written in the prophets, and they shall be taught of God. They shall all be taught of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard. Whoa. Okay, so we're going to talk to God. God's going to talk to us. And he says, every man that hears me, hears God. Okay, there's the connection. There's part of the continuum. If you hear Jesus, you hear God. If you don't hear Jesus, you don't hear God. That's the con- that's, that's breaking of the continuum. And those who heard were the ones who Jesus sent out to preach. And those who hear those who were sent out to preach are going to hear Jesus. And hearing Jesus, you're going to hear God. In other words, if you hear the apostles, you hear Jesus. And when you hear Jesus, you hear God. That's the continuum. Okay? Luke chapter 10 and verse 16, Jesus told these men, He said, He that hears you, hears me. And he that despises you, despises me. And he that despises me, despises him that sent me. You're breaking the continuum. You're breaking it off. If you don't hear the apostles, you don't hear Jesus, don't hear Jesus, don't hear God. You don't hear the voice of God. John, 1 John 1 at verse 1. Now John was one of the apostles. And he's writing a book. He's writing a book about what he heard himself. And in 1 John chapter 1 at verse 1 he says, That which was from the beginning, he's talking about Jesus, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. What he's telling them is, when you're hearing what I'm saying, you're hearing the one that I heard. And when you hear him, you hear God. Simple continuum. Now, there's a, there, it's more than a simple hearing of, of the voice of Jesus. When you're reading the New Testament, it's more than just a simple hearing. You're making a connection. I, I want to emphasize this. When you hear the voice of God, you are connecting with God. Well, you're hearing the apostles. They had connected with Jesus. Jesus had connected with the Father. So when you connect with them, they connect with Him, He connects with God. We're connected. What I'm telling you is, you should feel, you actually should feel a connection, a a familiarity, a familiarity also. You should feel that connection with God because it's there. It's actually there. Now, in... uh, Luke chapter 8 verse 21 Jesus was teaching some people there was a crowd 
people couldn't get through. Somebody was outside trying to get through. Somebody was saying, I need to see Jesus. It was his mother and his brothers and his sisters. They were out there. We want to see him. And somebody came and told Jesus, your folks are here. Your family's here. And you know what Jesus said? He said, my mother and my brethren are those that hear the word of God and do it. Okay. How do you feel when you, when you meet your brother that you haven't seen for a while? Or your sister? Aunt or uncle or whatever it may be. Your father and mother? How do you feel? Is there a connection? When you actually feel meet family? Is there a connection? Sure there is. And Jesus said, those that are my family are those who hear my word and do it. You get the connection. There's a familiar, a familiar spirit. Of course, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit invests the word with his own presence. And, imbibe, and when you imbibe in the word, you, you should feel that connection. Your family. Your family. And you're close. And as you're reading the word, as you're hearing the word, now it may be that you don't want to hear the word. And we're going to talk about that quickly. But there, there, there should be a connection that you feel. John chapter 5, verse 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that hears my word and believes on him that sent me has everlasting life. You should feel like you're alive when you're hearing the Word of God. That's how you should feel. If you're not feeling that, there, there may be some problems. The problem may be faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It may be that you're just not really accepting it. Maybe that you're not really committing yourself to it. Maybe that you're, you've got some doubts and saying, oh, this is for somebody else. This is not for me. This is not my cup of tea. Well, if it's not your cup of tea, you're not going to feel the familiarity. You're not going to feel it, obviously. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 1 verse 13. He said, in whom you also trusted after that you... What did he say? You trusted him. How do you trust anybody? Boy, it's hard to trust anybody in this day and age, isn't it? You trust a car dealer? You trust somebody calling up on the phone saying, hey, I've got a deal for you. Somebody saying, oh, you've got a problem with your computer, just let me in and I'll take care of it. Isn't it hard to trust people today? Sure it is. Oh, just, just let, let me have it, I'll take care of you. Well, it's hard to do that. But this text says, in whom you also trusted... After that, you heard the word of truth of the gospel. You trusted. That's what happens when you open your heart and you trust God and trust the word. I'm talking about trusting the word of God, the inspired word of God. Now, there's a certain class of people who hear the word of God who have that feeling. They trust. There's a certain class. I assume you're in that class. Let's see what the class is. Mark chapter 12, verse 37. Jesus was uh, talking to people. And he was, talking about, he was talking about the scriptures. And it says, David, therefore, and he was talking to the Pharisees. And they were arguing with him, saying, who are you? And, and uh, 
and so forth. They were asking him whether or not he paid taxes. They were asking him whether or not uh, what what uh, what marriage was all about, for one thing. Anyway, they had several questions they were asking him. Finally, he asked them a question. He said, David's son, who is he? Anyway, when he got down to this, he made a statement here, and the statement is what I want to, to tell you about, because he made a statement not about the issue they were talking about, but about the people who were hearing what he was talking about. And it says at verse 3, Mark chapter 12, verse 37, he says, And the common people heard him gladly. There's a class of people that will hear him. And he said, here, it's the common people. Are you common? Are you extraordinary? Are you above the crowd? Are you way up there in the ether somewhere? Are you above everybody else? Are you better than everybody else? You're probably not going to hear these words in if you're up there. But if you're common folks, the common people hear him gladly. Okay. And he said in, in John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus himself said, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. There's some people that hear him. Some people hear him. Common people hear him. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9 says, As it is written, Eyes not seen, nor ear heard, neither is entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared. He's saying you... You can hear the things now that others couldn't hear because, he said, for them that love Him. If you don't love God, you're not going to hear a word He says. Not one word. It's going to go right by you, just like that. There are certain people who will hear His word. That's what what the Bible says. 1 John 4, verse 6, John said, We are of God, and we know that God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. That's John talking about the apostle. He said, We know we're of God. And he said, God hears us. He, He that is not of God doesn't listen to us, doesn't hear us. He's not of God, doesn't hear. You wonder why someone doesn't just jump up and obey the gospel and say, Okay, oh, I love the word. They don't care. They don't love him. They're not going to hear him. I don't care how much scripture you read to them. They're not going to hear it. If you don't love God, you're not going to hear a thing he says. John 18, verse 37. Remember when Jesus was standing before Pilate? Pilate was grilling him about who he was. And was he the king of the Jews and so forth? Anyway, this text says, Pilate said unto him, Are you a king then? And Jesus said, You said I'm a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. If you're dishonest, you're not going to hear him. If you like to tell lies, you're not going to hear him. He that is of the truth hears him. So we're talking about a class of people that will hear the voice of Jesus. Colossians 1 verse 5 says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, wherever you heard before, in the word of the truth, the gospel. What's the word of truth? It's the gospel. If you don't like the truth, if you're a liar, congenital born liar, truth is not going to make any difference to you. Okay? There's a class of people who will not hear the word. 
they will not read it. They will not, uh, they will, well, they may read it. And they may recite it, and they may know it, and they may memorize it, but they don't accept the validity of the word. Now, there's a class of people who will not, will not hear the word. They can read the scriptures, they can hear the scriptures, they can preach the scriptures. But if they don't believe it, and if they don't hear it, it's not going to do any good. John 5, verse 37 through 39 says, The Father Himself which sent me, He has borne witness of me. You have neither heard His voice. And He's talking to people that read the Scriptures every, every Saturday. Probably in between. People that were thoroughly versed, saturated, marinated in the Word, the Old Testament, but didn't hear a word of it. Can you imagine? He's saying, You have neither heard His voice nor seen His shape, and you have not His word abiding in you. For whom He has sent, you don't believe Him. Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. They are they which testify of Me. He said also in John chapter 8, verse 47, He that is, a, uh, that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you're not of God. Boy, I don't want to be in that class. Those who close their eyes and ears and refuse to hear are doomed. If you don't listen to the Scriptures, it doesn't make any difference whether you read them all the time, quote them all the time, preach them all the time. If you don't believe, if you're not hearing what Jesus is saying, not doing any good. Matthew 13, verse 14 and 15. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah which said, By hearing you shall hear, so he's talking about people who actually hear the Scriptures, but you don't hear them. Interesting, isn't it? Have you ever read anything and didn't really read it? Have you ever been very tired and reading a book and forgot that you read the whole chapter and couldn't, couldn't tell you what you read? Well, this is what happened, what's happened to people that he's talking about here. They've read it, went over it, they could quote it, they could recite it. They could tell other people about it, but they never heard it. Never heard a word. He said, Hearing you shall hear and you shall not understand. Seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. This people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart and be converted, and I should heal them. Hearing the word must necessarily be with a filter. When you hear the word of God, you have to hear it with a filter. I'm, I'm saying that in relationship to those people who are preaching the Word, but really not preaching the Word. You follow what I'm saying? There are people who will teach and preach every Sunday, through the week, whatever it may be, but they're not really preaching and teaching the Word. They're preaching and teaching their particular doctrine what they believe the Bible teaches. So we really have a responsibility. We have to make sure that the person who's teaching is certified in the Word. They're teaching the Word. They're not teaching what they think. Now, Jesus warned us that when we hear someone teaching, when we hear someone preaching, myself included, obviously, that we have to be careful because you can be distracted you can be disoriented. You can be disoriented, and you can become lost. 
in the maze and the confusion. There's a lot of that going on now. Mark chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And then he said, Then he said, Take heed what you hear. Be careful what you hear. He said, If you've got ears, listen. But be careful what you hear. It's perilous to our soul to accept the word of men over the word of God. We have to hear with, the, with discrimination. We have to have a filter. And the filter has to, to, has to remove all the, the background noise that is not from the Word. If it's not from the Word of God, it's not the Word of God. If it's not correctly applied, it's not the Word of God. Now, in 2 Timothy 2, at verse 8 through 12, here's a warning. And then shall that wicked be revealed. He's talking about a falling away. That is, Paul is telling the church at Thessalonica about a falling away, and eventually falling away from the faith. And he said, And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the work of Satan, with all power, signs, lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth. There's going to be a major falling away, he said, and those who fall away will fall away because they did not receive the love of the truth. They took the filter off. That they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they be they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Accepting the wrong message endangers our eternal destiny. There are those who wait and lie in wait to deceive us. It's just a fact. Now, we, we like to think that everybody that's out here preaching Jesus is doing a great work. Well, as long as the name of Jesus is mentioned, and as long as the Scriptures are preached, and as long as He is, he is identified by what the apostles identified, and as long as the Bible is the basis and the foundation and everything about the message, it's right, it's okay. But when individuals start interpreting it the way they want it to sound and the way they want it to mean, then it becomes dangerous. It's perilous to our souls. Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children. So when you receive the love of the truth, Remember, it's the love of the truth, not just the love of someone preaching what you think is the truth. It has to be the truth. He said, don't be children any longer, tossed to and fro and carried about their wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. If there's money in it, there's danger. And there's lots of money involved in those who are preaching something other than the truth. Galatians 1, verse 6 through 8 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you in the grace of Christ unto another gospel, but there, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and will pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received or have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Okay. Someone tells you that you're saved and they've read some of the scriptures that you're saved. All you have to do is just believe in the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart and you can be saved. And yet they ignore what the Bible says about baptism. 
When Peter said to be saved, they could be saved, he said, Repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Now, how can you be saved if you ignore what the Bible is saying? You follow? That's just one illustration. There's lots of other illustrations where individuals are preaching, and it sounds good. It sounds good because it sounds like it's coming from God's Word, but there's error involved in it. You have to be careful. And the Bible says, Take heed how you hear. Be careful what you're hearing. When a woman called out to Jesus that his mother was a blessed woman, he said, Blessed are the womb that bore thee and the paps that gave you suck. They said this. They were talking about Mary. And she's saying, that they're saying, Blessed is that woman that brought you into this world. Jesus replied, Yea, yes, he said, but rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. May God bless all of you this morning to hear the word of God and keep it. Just the word. Take heed what you hear. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation. <laughs>